Good morning, my name is Mary Beth, and this is my husband Dave, and our daughter Michaela, somewhere. <laughs> we, uh, I am from Washington, and he's from Maine. Now we live in Poznan, Poland, and we work at the uh, shop uh, Sweet Surrender, coffee shop Sweet Surrender. Thank you very much. And we, we are very thankful that you have uh, allowed us to come and share with you what God is doing in Poland. We were here two years ago and uh, we ended with you guys in, in our um, <coughs> stay and in our rounds and our one we started with in Texas and the one we ended with were the best. And so let me tell you, you guys were the best. We, uh, we appreciate it. You know, God is in the house, isn't he? Okay, God is here. Where God is, that's where we want to be. And we are so thankful that you have invited us here today. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we're so glad to find it, like Craig said. So we're um, traveling around the U.S. telling about our ministry. We're very excited about our ministry because, we've been able to see some growth uh, after having been there nearly three years, which is very exciting. Um, so this is the Interface Coffee Shop, and we like to call our ministry Coffee Conversation with Craig. And who can tell me the connection between coffee and Christ? Fellowship. Fellowship, excellent. What else? Harold, did you say something? Relationship. Relationship. Oh, oh. Or this. The eleventh commandment, thou shalt drink coffee. No coffee. No thank you. Well, it's because, uh, no coffee. I don't have to like coffee because it's not about coffee. It's about that relationship. It's about the aroma of Christ. It's about sharing Christ. And so you don't have to like coffee. Uh, I drink hot chocolate, by the way. But when you do like coffee, because it's so social, you can have coffee with someone, sit down and talk. Okay. So, um, we, we're going to tell you just briefly, I promise we'll be brief. Uh, we're just going to briefly tell you about our journey. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You promised to be brief. That's not a promise that I can make. We promised to be brief. So, I, I grew up on a dairy farm in Washington State. Washington. Uh, I'm the youngest of four children, and at a very young age, I was interested in missions. Actually, I was the straight arrow going to Africa. Um, you know, the church was very involved in Africa at that time, apparently in my childhood. So I was very interested in going to Africa for ministry. Um, I had a sister two years older than me, and so obviously I looked up to her. And she went to NNC. I'm dating myself slightly, but NNU now. And um, before we went to university uh, in Idaho, we decided to go to a junior college. I took a sign language course and decided this is it for me. I want to teach deaf children. I want to teach children in 
like educate the world that they're not deaf and dumb, they just can't hear. So it was, my teacher was in the deaf pride movement where he believed in that. So um, when I went off to NMU, I became an elementary education teacher and um, deaf education was a master's, but I realized, hey, God has definitely called me overseas. So um, instead of pursuing deaf education, I um, went off traveling the world and um, really a God-given gift that I love being overseas and I love meeting new people and learning languages. So I um, lived in 11 countries. Oh, but I forgot to mention that I met Dave and NNC. And we were just friends then. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and anyway, so we parted ways and he always knew where I was, somewhere around the world, traveling and teaching. And I was connecting with missionaries wherever I went. But still in my heart, I, I sensed that at some point in the future, full-time ministry was something that I would pursue because as a teacher... For those of you teachers out there, um, it's, a, it's not a nine-to-five job. <laughs> it's, it's, it's long hours, and you, you know, I was putting all of my energy into teaching because I love teaching and students. So, and then... Then you met me. Yeah, I already met you. Aren't I you happy? Okay. <laughs> so, I'm from Maine, and that's where the accent comes from. Many people call us maniacs. And because we are. <laughs> And uh, so I ended up uh, going out to NNU uh, because God called me when I was 15, but I didn't listen to him. And I kind of went around the country, and I never left God. God was always with me, but I weren't in the place he called me to be. And so I traveled around the country, and I kept looking at the different schools that the Church of Nazarene had, and I was out west and I stopped in Idaho and visited NNC then, but uh, I still didn't wasn't ready. And God took me some places that I've never been before, and one of them was a big accident. And I spoke about this in uh, Sunday school this morning. But and He called me three times. He called me when I was 15. He called me uh, when I was in the military, just leaving the military. And then he called me when I was at the University of Maine studying for civil engineering construction management. But there was a difference. This time he said, okay, this is the last time I'm going to ask you. And if you don't follow me, you don't go in the ministries I've called you to, you are going to miss out on the blessings. And, and I really did. Even those years that I didn't follow him, I looked back and I said, Lord, why didn't I just listen? Why didn't I just listen? And so it took me, it took me uh, to NNC, and that's where I met my beautiful wife. And I do have a question. I asked it last time. Maybe there's some new people. Is it right to make a man wait 16 years to marry you? Okay. That's what she did. 16 years. No, we didn't date that long, don't worry. We're not that slow. We're slow, but we're not that slow. <laughs> So I'll pick up from here. So yes, we married. We married. And after we married, we went off to the country of Georgia. Um, we did contact the Nazarene Church and ask about becoming full-time missionaries. But they said at that time, really, they weren't really hiring full-time missionaries. Um, so if we were overseas, we could connect with people that were there. So we went to the country of Georgia where I was teaching. And Dave was an at-home dad. Well, not yet. because I. Um, but Dave ended up being an at-home dad with Michaela. And um, we, there were no Nazarene missionaries in Georgia at the time. So we heard about Bob Skinner, and um, he was still in Ukraine at the time. And um, he said, yeah, I'll come by and see you. He didn't even know who we were. 
So we hosted him in Tbilisi, Georgia, and we were chatting with him about ministry opportunities possibly to do in Tbilisi, and we were brainstorming all kinds of ideas, and I had mentioned that at some point when I was teaching in Kazakhstan, my friend and I had brainstormed what a good ministry would be, because we're females, we like to talk, we like to drink coffee. It came up to be coffee shop ministry. So Bob said, well, did you know that the Nazarene Church is doing coffee shop ministry in Poland? Well, we didn't, so we were very excited. So after he said that, we said, well, we'll check it out. So our next holiday was Easter. Not a good time to go to Poland if you want to interact with people because it's really, everything is closed. So we went to Poland and met Evan Ronda Tustin, the missionaries that were there at the time, and we prayed with them because they said this ministry is, we really do need help. Um, they hadn't had their grand opening yet, but they were already sensing that it was um, going to be a, a ministry where they needed help. So we prayed about it and we felt that God was opening that door for us. So I won't bore you with the rest of the fundraising details, but after one more year in Georgia, we came back to the States, raised funds, and we went to we went to Poland to do coffee shop ministry. So why coffee shops? You might wonder. Well, coffee shops uh, are that place where you have relationships. Many people today, as uh, I've already said, and some some of this might be a repeat for some, they do not just walk in your church. And so we're, we're now, let's remember, did you see what was up here this morning? Friend day? You know what that means? What's that mean? Invite a friend! So make sure that you invite a friend. Because that is very important. And make sure you invite your friend to God's house where God is. And to meet people of God. And so... Um, but most people don't like coming to church because they're, they're afraid. They, they, they're not, they don't know what church is anymore. And so as statistics show us that more people are saved through one-on-one relationship. And a coffee shop is a great place to do that because most people don't want to even invite you into their home anymore. Probably because it's too messy. Who knows? <laughs> but but they <laughs> well some of some people some clean freaks okay <laughs> but and so uh, they they don't like to come to church but if they they come with a friend oftentimes that will happen so make sure you invite your friend and and they don't want to go to the uh, people's houses but they will go to a coffee shop because the majority of people even though there were quite a few people who didn't like coffee the majority of people love coffee. And it's a great way to sit down and talk about anything. And so that's why we've started Coffee Shop Poland is because we're in a uh, culture that is 90% Roman Catholic. And with that being 90% Roman Catholic, they think if you're anything but Roman Catholic, you are a sect. So they look at us, they look at us like uh, Mormons or Jehovah Witness. If you're not Roman Catholic, you're, you're a Mormon and Jehovah Witness. And so we was wondering, uh, not us, but Rhonda and Ed were wondering, and they did a great job I mean, to, to build up the coffee shop. It's beautiful. Uh, what would be a great way? What, is, what would be? And okay, everybody drinks coffee, so let's build a coffee shop and do, do it around the coffee table. And Rhonda was interior decorated, did a great job in, in decorating the shop. And people come in and, and they often say that, wow, this place is something different about this place. It's not just the decorations. There is something different about that place. God's in the house. And they feel it. And so, 
Yeah, Sweet Surrender, for those of you that have been there, you already know that it's a peaceful, cozy, inviting place. And yeah, when people come in and they say, there's just something different about this place, we kind of smile and we say, yes, we know. I mean, we know that it's definitely the Holy Spirit, and we just love being there. Um, it's also a place where we praise, learn, and worship about God, because that's where we have our Bible studies, and we have lots of other people have Bible studies, and we have our worship services, and we have workshops and all kinds of things going on. So for us, the coffee shop is just a great a great way to connect with people, which is what we've been doing. Um, this is the entryway to the shop where you see the bar. And this is the middle room, very cozy, decorated. And this is the third room um, where we had, a, I believe that was an Easter dinner. So you can kind of get an idea of the third room. We also display artist work there that's also for sale. And that's where we do our musical events. You see, go back to that for a second. Um, you see that big window in the back there? You guys, old window. that's the old one. You guys have helped put a new one in there. It's huge. Uh, a lot of hot, hot air, uh, heat goes out of it. And, and we want to thank you for your coming to Poznan and helping us uh, put new windows in. What a blessing that is. So, Poland. Uh, I think of so many different things when I think of Poland now. Uh, I, you know, every holiday and otherwise, they have the red and white flag hanging. Every little city square has the beautiful houses painted so nice. I have so many of the same pictures in the square in Poznan. It's funny. But even when you came, the next team came, I'm just clicking pictures. I just find it beautiful. Um, there's also pierogies, which is the little meat pockets or the, you know, the pockets filled with, I like with potatoes and onion. And then, of course, you see barst, which is the beet soup. Um, so many different things make me think of Poland. But now, when I think of Poland, I'm starting to think so differently. I'm starting to see this mind-boggling combinations of letters that combine in such a way that sometimes I can barely even pronounce them. And these are names. These are names of people that are connections and friendships and just people that we've met along the way. Um, all of these names are of people that um, we've met through the coffee shop, people that we've met through our Bible study or worship nights or just out in the community doing our normal thing. Um, and I know some of you met them, which is very exciting. I wish you could all know them. Um, we, we just love the people there, and we have had so many amazing connections that we've seen that I can only now trace back to you know, some English conversation class or volunteering at Michaela's school. So it's been really exciting to see growth in that. So I'll show you some pictures to put some, you know, some people's faces with these names. So this is Dave, obviously. And here we have Pavel. Pavel, we will tell you a little bit about later. Um, this was when we had an English conversation. It was the final class of um, following and giving directions. And Pavel was making his grandma's little flat pancakes. Pavel was in the middle. Pavel's in the middle. And then there's Wojtek. Our sweet friend Wojtek is getting married October 11th, so we're very happy for him. We call him our in-house lawyer. Because yeah. he helps us take care of all of our legal stuff, and he's been amazing in helping us in the legal uh, part of uh, Sweet Surrender. Yeah, we met Wojtek through the shop. His two sisters, his one sister, Asha, was doing English conversation. His other sister, Yustena, was working in the kitchen, and he came to English conversation. And the sweet guy has traveled many places with Dave, McHale, and I, so we kind of feel like, I guess I have to admit my age. He's kind of our brother. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is our church when we were having a progressive dinner. We were at Monica's house. Those of you that met Monica, um, we were at her house doing the second part of our progressive dinner. So this is our church body. And here's a picture. The day before I left, um, Sylvia, the girl in the 
Black. The girl in the black with the green here. Um, she's in my English conversation class, and she had just arrived back from being uh, in her home city for the summer, and she knew I was leaving on the third, so she came by to say see you later. There's another girl, Basha, from English conversation, and the rest are people from our our church. And here, um, a couple of years ago, I used to be more regular about doing girls' nights. Luckily, Daria's going to continue that. But this was a girls' night that we had at our apartment, and we were playing games. And they kicked me out. Of course we did. Girls Amen night, to that. Girls night. And this um, is a picture from a Bible study um, that I used to have in that first room. I think we're still having in the first room. Monica has taken that over for me. Um, this is a picture of three kids, Jasmine, Joelle, and Ayan. And, of course, there's Michaela. Um, this is, these are kids from a family that go to our fellowship, and they were gone. I, or maybe you met them. Did the John Day team meet them? No. Okay, well, they're a major part of our church body um, because they play our music. Joelle plays the keyboard, and Jasmine plays the keyboard and the violin, and Ayan does the flute. And um, one of the other things we've been noticing um, is that we've been deepening our relationship and our connection with our church body, not just those people in the shop that we're trying to share the gospel with. Um, we watched Joelle, Jasmine, and Ayan for 10 days while Jules had to go back to Kazakhstan. And it was a really wonderful time. They practiced music three hours a day. <laughs> so it was great for us. Um, and Dave will tell you a little bit more about Pavel because we met him our first year and we're still continuing to connect with him and attempting to share the gospel. But we really just need to pray that God will continue to soften his heart. To we, we talked a little bit about Pavel before uh, last time. But we met Pavel to chalk uh, um, art on the sidewalks, pointing to our coffee shops, saying, great coffee here. And he came in, and I sat down and I talked with him. And I'll just give you the brief story. And over the months and stuff, we've got to get to know each other. And uh, he calls me his pastor. And he hasn't committed to We Last time we was home, I tried to have him commit to, when I get back, we're going to do a Bible study together. Then when I got back, though, he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. And so, but that was okay because we still um, been building our relationship and uh, know, getting to know each other. But Pavel um, is a very smart guy, and he he's got a heart. He loves to help people, and we 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 love to have him around. And and the thing is, God is drawing him slowly, slowly to Himself, and you can see it in Him. And we, just before we left, we were praying and we asked Pavel if he would like to pray with us. And, and so we prayed for the shop, we prayed for the ministries that are going on there, and we prayed for Pavel and his girlfriend. His girlfriend has a disease that when she gets to a certain age, her mind is just going to be scrubbed. She's not going to be able to, it runs in the family, I'm, I forget what it's called. And so, and we prayed for her. But, uh, and then we asked Pavel, I said, Pavel, would you like to pray? He said, sure, I would like to pray. And so he prayed with us. And he prayed in English, which is uh, um, very good, because most people don't want to pray in the, the foreign language. They want to pray in their own language. And so he prayed with us. And then I met him again before I came home. Um, a day before I came home, I met him again, and and we we prayed again, and we prayed for him. But slowly, God is working on him. Uh, I wish it was faster, but God knows, and is slowly working on him, and um, his heart. It was funny though. I have to tell this story. When we prayed together, Pablo likes to hook pinkies. He's a germaphobic. 
he, he doesn't want to hold anything. He likes to uh, hook pinkies. And so we prayed. And he's been a, a great uh, um, inspiration to us. And we love him. And, you know, he loves us. And, and be praying for him. And also Wojtek, the other young man, our in-house lawyer, be praying for him. I sat down at one point and, and I shared the gospel with him and the gospel message. And I asked him um, if he was ready for that. And he said, not right at this point. But I know God has been working on him. But what, what is part of the problem is, is that Poland, the children, the families are very tight. They're, they're very tight. And... And if they uh, all of a sudden give their heart to God and become a Christian, some of the families will deny them. Will say, "Hey, you're not part of our family," because they are so attached to the Roman Catholic Church. Because the Catholic Church was there for them when they were going through communism and socialism and that stuff. And so the older generation, they, I mean, they are—they're not letting go of the Catholic. But the younger generation, they're thinking there's something more. And there is. And we know what that is. And we're here to share that. And so, so, and the coffee shop isn't really uh, big on men. Okay? It's kind of, one person said, foo-foo. He says, foo-foo-ish. <laughs> and I said, okay, it was the motorcycle group I was trying to get to come in and do something with. <laughs> well, that's a little foo-foo for us, but I said, Okay. <laughs> So, speaking of wanting something more, when I first met Monica, um, anyway, she wanted something more. If we, I don't know if we have time to show the video, depending on how long my husband speaks after, but we have this video of Monica speaking to that. But I first met Monica in the coffee shop. I like to speak only Polish when I work there, and I love the people that continue to speak to me when they hear me speak. They have this moment of decision. Will I keep speaking uh, Polish with her, or will I break into English, or whatever other language I think has my native language? But for Monica, Monica didn't realize that I didn't speak Polish natively. I heard her friend ask, where is she from? So Monica asked me in Polish, where are you from? And I said, eh, I'm from America. And she immediately started speaking to me in English. And I don't normally tell people, um, immediately invite them to our church because of the whole idea that they think we're a sect. Um, I usually take a little bit more time, develop relationships, and get to know them. But for some reason with Monica, I just it seemed like I had in my mental capacity up there some green light, and I felt very comfortable saying to her, well, uh, I have a Bible study for girls on Saturday mornings, including American pancakes, if you'd like to come. And of course, she's expressed interest, like some people did when I would invite them. And I said, in Saturday nights, we have a Bible study at church. And she said, okay, maybe I'll think about it. So, you know, a week passed and two weeks passed, no Monica. And I thought, well, okay, maybe, maybe it just wasn't time. But eventually Monica showed up, and thank you, God. We are really good friends. And when Monica first started coming to the church, she was attending a Catholic church, and she said she was just hungering for something more, which is what Dave was expressing. The younger generation knows there's something more than just the rituals and the traditions, but a personal relationship. So Monica wanted to come to a place where she could talk to people, she could ask questions to a pastor who was accessible, where she could be with like-minded people. And so Monica has really grown, as you said, her life is 180 degrees um, different than it was before. Not 100, but 180 degrees. Like, it's just completely different. And um, we've grown much closer with Monica. She, also, we have a minister, ministry for her because single mom, she's a single mom. So we sometimes babysit Nico, and she sometimes takes Michaela, which is great for us. But we've just gotten really close to, to Monica, and she's taking over the women's Bible study right now. She was a little nervous, but I assured her she would do well. So it's just been really exciting to, 
to deepen our relationship with her and have her become a complete part of our church body. Um, these are just pictures um, of different regulars. I worked every Monday morning and sometimes every Tuesday morning and then randomly throughout the week. And over the course of just working in the shop and people humoring me, listening to me speak Polish, um, I've met these people and a handful of other people. And the one guy in the bottom, his name is Jarek. Jarek was a customer that came in every Monday morning and got his dopio, two shots of espresso with milk on the side, and he would read his paper. And so I started chatting with him. He speaks to me in Polish. Yay, Jarek. And we just became friends, and I would eventually ask, so how's your family? His, I found out his wife lives in Łódź, another city farther from Poznan. And then one day he shared with me that she was having issues because side, uh, half of her face was paralyzed, and she was going to physical therapy. Her eye couldn't close. I think it sounds like Bell's palsy. But anyway, so I just said, we will be praying for you. He just kind of looked at me and smiled and said, okay, thank you. Um, and the next time he comes in every Monday like clockwork in the morning, and now he started to bring the three men sitting on either side of him because they know I speak Russian and Polish and English. So we have just a fun time with these three older guys. They come in and they, now he comes in on Monday in the morning and he comes in at two or three in the afternoon with his other friends. So for me, that's, that's the greatest thing about the ministry is just trying to connect with people in hopes that they will come back and eventually I can share the gospel or they can become part of a group or a concert or a workshop or something that we do at the shop. Um, the three girls at the top, I hope they didn't think I was stalking them, but I was kind of observing very carefully because I thought they were doing a Bible study here. And indeed they were when I asked them. They were doing a Bible study, just the three of them, every Tuesday morning in Polish. I invited them to mine. They have not yet come. Um, but that's what it's about. It's about just getting out there and being friendly enough because like my husband says, I don't agree. It's, I kind of agree. It's not about the coffee, but I like coffee, but it's about relationship building. And I do that over coffee. So getting to know people in the coffee shop and then inviting them to come back. The same with English conversation. Um, when I first started English conversation after we arrived back most recently, so the last seven months, I had one student for two weeks and I thought, oh, woe was me. Where are all the students? It was Bartek. So for two weeks, just Bartek and I were speaking English and um, then more people started to come. Now we have 11 to 15. It just depends. Um, well, Dave recently went out with Bartek outside of the coffee shop to build relationship. He's done it twice. Sylvia, the girl that you saw, I was just getting ready to invite her out for coffee before, but she um, went back to her home city. In June, in Poland, everybody goes back to their home city because Poznan's a college town and or they travel. So she came to say goodbye and she had arrived back to Poznan the day before, so she, she wanted to make sure she said goodbye. So for me, that's the rewarding, amazing part of coffee shop ministry and the blessing to be able to stay there long enough to see the fruition of some of this because that's my downfall. I always want to see the fruit. I want to see the people I've touched. And I know God, we, he doesn't have to show us. We just have to be obedient and faithful to what he calls us to do. And maybe we're not the ones that see the fruit. Maybe the next people are. So... So this is what we're learning a lot. <laughs> yeah, we're really learning that less of us means more of Christ in us. And so we're really trying um, to find ways to just say, okay, God, today is your day. Dep no matter what happens, less of me means more of you. And we're just learning to pray, pray, pray. Um, we meet at the coffee shop at 9 o'clock in the morning and we pray just to, to say, hey, God, this day is yours, whatever you have with it. Um, which is sometimes unpredictable. Um, and faith and patience and knowing um, that 
if God is God has us there and we know he does, then he's going to bring all of those seeds to fruition. Um, I had a Bible study with girls. Colleen and the Michigan team happened to be there, and we were discussing that very thing. Sometimes as Christians, it feels like you're just throwing the seeds out there. And like a farmer, you're just waiting patiently and hoping that they fall on fertile soil. And I think it doesn't matter if we're in Poland or John Day or Chinatown, Washington, where I'm from, but God expects us to be faithful to his call. And even if we don't see the fruit, if we're obedient, then there will be fruit. It is we don't know when, and we don't have to know when. That's what God's teaching me too. And um, to have a constant hungering and thirsting for more of God. Um, we've been fasting twice with our church body, doing the Daniel fast, and it's been a really great time of growth for us because we're, I think sometimes if we realized how hungry we need to be for God, we would fast all the time, <laughs> which is just a, a physical representation of what it means to be spiritually hungry for Christ. And that's what he's been teaching us this the past three years in Poland, and we're just really happy to have a chance to share with you because you were there, and just to kind of let you be a part of what we're seeing as growth in Poland. So, And I will just give you a quick, probably too late for that, but a quick summary. So some of our ministries, we have single moms, and um, for those of you that didn't come to Poland, um, Greg, Steve, Dale, and the pastor, they took the kids to the park, and they did a the lady and Kathleen came, and they did a ministry to single moms at our apartment. They washed their hair, cut their hair. Marla did fingernails. So, and they were loving it. Monica was like, "You're doing this for us." So, David's helped a couple of them move and done babysitting. So, we we have lots of single moms, and we have a ministry for that. Um, church dinners. We have an Easter dinner. We have a Thanksgiving dinner. We have a church dinner, and we invite the girls in the shop, and and we ask them to invite their families. And they come, and we just fellowship together. Um, developing relationships is what it's all about. Um, English conversation. I was also volunteering in Michaela's school and trying to connect with some of those teachers. Um, girls' nights. I already told you about that. They were great fun. Teaching. Me teaching uh, English and other things in Dave teaching, preaching, Bible studies. And the most important thing is prayer, prayer, and prayer. Even though you can't see it, it's there. That's the end. Thank you.